Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Benny. I'm Garrett. I'm Ashley. And we are back with our spoiler-filled review of Avengers Endgame. So, um... We had a spoiler-free review, uh, and if you think this one is that, it is not, so go listen to that one if you don't want any spoilers. But we are going to discuss this movie uh, and just talk about it um, with spoilers galore. Uh, and Benny's gonna, just going to kind of give a rundown of it. All right, I'm going to try to do my best to keep this short and unopinionated. Um, so, this is following, of course, the end of Infinity War when Thanos snapped his fingers and killed 50% of all living creatures or people. Or That's always a little unclear. I was expecting half the grass to be dead. But yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and their clothes. I was yeah. wondering, like, so how do their clothes disappear? Uh, it's already dead. Um, <laughs> so, at any rate... Uh, we're picking up now, um, five years later, there's some, some stuff right away that happens, um, but five years later is really where the story starts, and a rat, um, <laughs> gets, <laughs> everyone's dealing with their grief, and, and it's actually done very well, I would say, where it's showing how the world is adjusting, and then a rat presses a button. The scabbers. <laughs> the scabbers. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Ant-Man because that button was pressed, is back in the game five years later. Uh, and he goes to the Avengers, and uh, and through his eyes you can see a little bit of the horror of, of how everything has changed over those five years. And then he goes to the Avengers and uh, explains to them that he has a plan. Um, and this is where I started to get nervous as a viewer. Um, he, had, he had a plan. It was time travel. Um, and uh, so they go to Cap- uh, Iron Man, uh, and they say, hey, we've got this great idea. It's called time travel. And uh, he tells them to go away because Iron Man has a family now. He's got a daughter, and he's happily married with Pepper, and uh, he's got something to lose, which he actually didn't really have mm. in Infinity War, other than what he lost, which was Spider-Man. <laughs> but I don't think he viewed it that way during Infinity War. Um, and then, so moving that, that night, Iron Man figures out time travel. And... Uh, <laughs> and um, it was it was a short project, and um, he meets up with the other Avengers who are trying to figure it out on their own. They did not successfully figure it out. He tells them how he figured it out, and they hatch a plan, getting everyone together, um, which is that they're going to go back, get all of the time stones from places where they knew they had been in the past, bring them together, and undo the disaster. Um, and everyone's pretty on board. Oh, also Captain Marvel was there for a minute. <laughs> um, and uh, Captain Marvel conveniently just is in this movie when they need her to be. So. She, she and she then she gets the "I'd like to speak to your manager" haircut. But that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so they go back, and stuff happens. There's uh, some stuff that goes wrong. Some stuff goes right. Some people stay longer. Someone gets kidnapped. And uh, in who's, the end, who's kidnapped? Uh, Nebula. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, in the end, they get all the stones together, they unsnap it, and then they get attacked by Thanos and a giant army, which is somehow even better than the one he attacked them with before, <laughs> um, with, with new elements, and uh, and it's a very fun adventure all through that point, and then at this point, you see all the armies of all the people of all the times from all the Marvel movies, the Asgardians and and the uh, all the various humans, including like the monks and uh, the Wakandans all show up and, and just Valkyrie, um, not the other Valkyrie, so, uh, show up and she she's there. I'd like to point that out because a lot of people were a little irritated by her mm-hmm. not being Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. Uh, by her not being in the other one. She, mm-hmm. So she's arrived. Well, I want to discuss that later on. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And so they fight, and some awesome stuff happens that I'm sure we'll talk, everyone else will bring up in a moment. And we win. The good guys win with the <laughs> sacrifice of a couple of people along the way, including the poignant send off of Iron Man. Um, and then we get a funeral and. Uh, and some some handshakes and farewells, and the um, and Captain America gets his first dance, which if you, everyone remembers, there's a cut to black at the end of his first movie mm-hmm. when he when he uh, t- mentioned that. And Late for a then the movie is over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that is Avengers Endgame in a very quick synopsis. Well done. Okay, so what spoilers <laughs> can we do here? 
Iron Man's dead. Scarlet Witch is dead. Scarlet Witch is not dead. Scarlet Johansson. Black Widow is dead. Scarlet Michonne is fine. Hulk is maimed. Captain America is old AF. Uh, so basically dead on uh, yeah those, those are the characters you're not getting back anymore but um yeah so th- that the opening definitely was a bit strange the fact that Captain Marvel just happens to know Fines. exactly where Iron Man and Nebula are and brings them back to Earth when they have no oxygen left that plot that device happened, happened. and then the fact that the rat brought back someone from the quantum realm is <laughs> just uh, like okay that happened it was all part of Doctor Strange's plans you see if you had yeah. spoken <laughs> one of those sentences one second earlier the rat wouldn't have sh- <laughs> now all those things from that yes the movie got great Yes. Uh, the, but I was sitting there like, is this how this movie's going to go? Yeah. I really hope the rat isn't going to be the plot device anymore. I was <laughs> I, I was hoping the rat would be the final plot device. Uh, like he tries to snap his fingers, but the rat stole one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we talked about this after the movie, but you know they introduced time travel. I had thought that Thanos had destroyed the original time travel machine that they made, Mm -hmm. and then there was, you know, the van that Mm -hmm. they can use, and that was then destroyed, but you guys reminded me, then Captain America went back in time. So they have a time travel machine. just do it at any time. So every single movie from here on out has zero consequence. But Iron Man's dead. Yeah, Iron Man's dead, and and so we can talk about that. Like the way they do time travel now, I it just is, realized that maybe he's the only one that gets it. Not like Back to the Future, where you go Thank back God. and erase the past. It is the present is the present, and when you go back, you are not changing anything. That uh, it's I, and I think that's bunk. Okay, well go I, ahead. I, I want to hear what you guys think about the time I'm travel. I'm so conditioned part. to the Back to you the Future Pavlovian butterfly effect. <laughs> I'm so conditioned to the traditional time travel tropes that Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to get my head around and understand this version of time travel. Mm -hmm. Which I still don't think makes any sense. I mean, (laughs) there is a past and there is a future and there is a present. (laughs) No, so they made made it clear in their conversation. When you're going back in time, you are creating new alternate universes, right? And then that's whatever is ahead of you is a whole new future it's a different path remember when the monk lady showed a different path mm-hmm. the monk lady um, so so did they really <laughs> did they really bring people back or did they in an alternate universe from what we saw in infinity war did they bring people back so is this is this the same universe as in timeline as in, in whatever yes so they're they're returning when they go like back to their time, right? That they go to the exact spot where they left. So the the idea is they're returning to their original universe, and whatever they took from those other universes, I guess they're screwed. Yeah, I think those <laughs> split off. So, so the yeah. one where after the snap is a separate universe. Yes. The one when they snap them back, they brought them back to their timeline. Yes. So is that why then at the end? So at the end, Captain America goes back to re- put back the Infinity Stones that they had taken. So is that yes. why he does that? So the other universes aren't screwed? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So I, I'd also like to point out, I think it's funny, um, and I think that this is going to be a common response, but I think it's funny how confused you are by this because this is a much simpler version of time travel mm-hmm. than the traditionally... They, you know how many movies and books it took for them to convince people of the butterfly don't, don't, effect? Don't mansplain okay. time travel does. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I, I just <laughs> wish that everyone could see Matt's face when he just accepted that that's what tra- time travel was. He's, he's just like... It's, just, it's, it's such disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have always hated the time travel trope. Always. It's always sucked. It's always ruined TV shows, movies, and book series. It It's always convoluted nonsense. This is the only time, other than Back to the Future, I've ever seen it used where it didn't drive me crazy. So and see, I have, I don't like this new era, and I forget, I'm not trying. I'm trying to remember when exactly, and, and I'm not saying this type of concept of time travel has only just recently come along, but I think it's re- only recently become popularized. And I, I just this pref- kind, this kind. This I is feel, the first time I've seen it. <laughs> what, well, what are, what are but the the whole time travel with alternate realities mm. that don't create a paradox. That, I feel like, is, I mean, that's before this movie. But it's, yeah. it didn't used to be... I mean, I just remember, like, watching TV shows and movies, 
you know, in prior decades, I guess, mm-hmm. where it was just, you know, you are all, we are, we're in the same timeline. There is no other timeline, so you got to be careful when you go back. And But when you go back in time, whatever yeah. you do back there will affect the future. And that always just seemed very straightforward and cut and dry. And now, like, well, we're in this era where, like, there's alternate realities. But have you ever sense. read or watched the H.G. Wells time machine, where we get all these tropes from, right? Mm-hmm. So... He couldn't do anything in the past in H.G. Wells' time machine because anything he did mm-hmm. that would in any way affect his life, which due to the butterfly effect is pretty much anything, um, made it so that he didn't end up inventing the time machine. So nothing he did worked to try to change the past. Nothing worked. That's why he ended up going to the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so even the person who came up with the idea that all those other kind of crappy sci-fi movies are built off of, mostly crappy sci-fi movies, um, even that author was like, oh, that makes no sense. But then they just like didn't get that part, and they've convinced all of us that it made sense. The alternate universe thing makes so much more sense because there is no way you can go back in time and change events and then end up still having created a time machine, right? Hmm. So. Yeah. You just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm dreaming it, but wasn't there a scene where Tony Stark was expressing reservations, serious reservations about time travel? Yes. And, and that it was dangerous? I, it was well, I don't know if he was so much the time travel part of it as entering the quantum realm. Because the way he was explaining it was, Scott said, I went to the quantum realm, I came back, and he goes, that was lucky. Yeah, yeah you're right, because yeah, yeah. the, the understanding that everyone else has mm-hmm. is that you go to the quantum realm, you're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. I think he was expressing reservations about the mechanics of time travel. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, that is a really good point, because I, I don't think he knows that Scott Lang's been there, like, five times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Uh, I like what they did with the Hulk. Um, Professor Hulk, I think is what Yeah, <laughs> Professor Hulk. I, I like how they took a couple of the characters, the Hulk and um, Thor, mm-hmm. and changed them dramatically for this movie. Oh, Thor. And it was really yeah, funny. Fat Thor. Yeah, Fat Thor. <laughs> so, yeah, the Hulk Thor, is smarter the big, Lega- yeah, the big Lebowski. Thor. The Hulk worked, I guess you said, for 18 months in a gamma lab, and now he's been able to come... You know, Bruce... Uh, Bruce... What's his name? Banner. Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner is able to basically combine his his personality and intelligence into the body of the Hulk. And it's mm-hmm. more expressive now. And that was cool. You're right. You know, okay, yeah, so I you mentioned, it. you know, Fat Thor, as he's been called. And so <laughs> I had questions about that because, it, and, and up until now, I hadn't really given a lot of thought to this. But, you know. Does he work out? Well, that's my, that's my question because superheroes uh, tend to be fit and we never see how they become fit and we know like for regular mortals um, they have to work out although you know Steve Rogers got that serum and that's why he's buff in the way he is but um, but, but with Thor workout scenes for a lot of them Thor's not Thor though Thor's, Thor's a god Thor's right? a god yeah <laughs> and um, but apparently what this movie tells us is Thor had a gym somewhere no. because be, he, otherwise he would have let become me, what he became. In let movie. me tell you the very unrealistic way I've chosen to interpret this. Um, I've seen two Viking archetypes ever, and that's the old fat one with the braided beard mm-hmm. and the young strong one, right? And uh, as a god of Vikings, a, a Norse god, he just chose to take on... <laughs> <laughs> his, 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 he is reflecting a different aspect the other option for my kids the way I would say it is if you remember back to uh, the original Thor and Thor of the Dark World he is going to planets fighting wars which mm-hmm. is a Absolutely. very physical demanding thing burn a lot of calories yeah actually. yeah, burn a lot of calories doing that it's always when been good you, for me when you stop and drink all the beer he did <laughs> I will tell you when I drink that much beer I get big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I. I actually. I. It was one of those things where there you're treading a fine line between doing something that makes sense for a character and disrespecting a character, um, and I think that they they walked it. Uh, there were there are times where you're almost all the scenes that are almost on the edge of being disrespectful to Thor, like as a character and as a being, but I, I think that they walked the line. Um, and pulled it off well. I liked that that element of it. Actually, um, I don't think it. 
I think they could have had a fit, cool Thor still, <laughs> and it been the same amount of good. But hey, the, I'm not going to criticize them for taking risks. And, well, I think this Thor fits better in what they're going to do with him, having him join the Guardians of the Galaxy. I agree. This is going to be a lot better comic relief as Fat Thor. Yes, and <laughs> but can I? T- there's a lot of people, some people I know, a lot of people, they're saying, well, after this I'm never watching, because I hated Captain Marvel, I'm never watching another Marvel movie. Uh, I don't know about the rest of the Marvel movies, I'm, I'm going to see all of them. But, <laughs> I'm definitely still going to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, there's no way you could keep me out of the theater for that. That's <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Tony Stark's death? Uh, I, thought, I thought it was a very good send-off. Uh... And uh, I, I really like the emotional reaction from the theater we were in, mm. uh, not just at the death, but uh, they have kind of a send-off for the characters after the movie, and when it came to uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, like the theater cheered and applause, and they didn't do that for the rest of them, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of the appreciation. We're here because of Iron Man, and this is Iron Man's send-off. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it was very emotional, very impactful. I did think, ha- you know, two-faced, half-burned Iron Man <laughs> looked a little goofy. Uh, well, I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, and but, I really liked Pepper Potts' goodbye to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that was very touching. That was one of the scenes where I got a little misty-eyed, you know. So you don't often say this at a superhero movie, but I think there was actually some really good acting in this movie. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, I thought her last scene was pretty poignant as mm-hmm. well. Thor playing a broken, Chris Hemsworth playing a broken superhero yeah. was very good acting. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I, I really, um, I'm thinking about it, and I, I don't know if I can point to someone that I think did a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Thor, <laughs> there, there, was, there was a moment though where I had sh- there were shades of Aquaman to me though because you know mm-hmm. there's there's what we call New Asgard which is basically a seaside fishing village mm-hmm. that you know and then then uh, Bruce you know the Hulk and Rocket go looking for him mm-hmm. and they've come across Valkyrie and you know she talks about how you know he only comes around like once a month and I almost thought he was, she was gonna say like he comes out of the water and whatever but he doesn't but it just seemed very Aquamanish. Well, to I, me. I would like to point out that the script and filming of this movie were done before the script and filming of Aquaman. Well, I don't think he was saying they stole it. He just said it <laughs> no, had the same just, no. feel and yeah. 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 And by the way, Valkyrie. Was it? So I have questions. So at the end of Thor Ragnarok, I have answers. Everyone who is, I mean, all the Asgardians escape in that big spaceship, and and then the uh, from what I remember, and because I mean there was nowhere else to go. I mean Asgard was blowing up, and so they all get in the spaceship, and then they 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 leave, and Thor and Loki are at the helm, and in the post credit sequence of Thor Ragnarok, that's when Thanos' ship comes in front of them, and then at the beginning of Infinity War. You see that they've uh, Thanos' crew has has boarded the ship, and everyone or most of the people are lying dead or, or whatever. And you know we all know how that proceeds on. So my whole question was, uh, but all of a sudden here's Valkyrie, okay. who has survived apparently Thanos' invasion of the Asgardian ship and survived the snap, and she she's in charge of this so, Asgardian fishing village. So what what what's the Valkyrie story there? Um, it's. The Russos explained where Valkyrie was. One, apparently, you can see that in the initial scene, when it shows the outside of the spaceship, you can see the escape vessel leaving. um, Because Mm. Thanos doesn't kill 100%, he kills 50%. So the people you saw lying dead were the 50% that he chose to kill. Valkyrie was in the 50% that that were left to live, and she was off leading them somewhere. And then a further 25% of the Asgardians were killed by the snap. So, then they made their way to Earth eventually, um, presumably because Thor told them to or something. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, so they had 25% of what was left of Asgard after Asgard's destruction there. Because, because Thanos let 50% of them escape before he blew up the ship. Because that's what he does. That was nice of him. He's really about that 50%. He's a humanitarian. I was wondering how unless you're a dwarf, the, by the way, how of the all the Avengers armies managed to show up at the right time. But I'm I'm thinking it was orchestrated by Doctor so, Strange. So uh, I, this, that's what I want to talk about. I, so I thought this was my, it was my favorite scene. I don't yeah. know if it's mm-hmm. the best, but it's my favorite. Uh-huh. Uh, so 
Captain America, Iron Man, and who else was Thor? Fighting? Thor was fighting uh, right. Thanos. Thanos. Now, as we know from Infinity War, that is not enough. <laughs> so, I, if they won that fight, I actually have been pretty upset. Yes. But then, uh, when it looks like they had lost, all of a sudden you hear this, you know, little chirping, mm-hmm. you know, Captain, it's Falcon, and he's like, "I'm on your left." And Falcon, of course, is gone from the snap. And all of a sudden, you see the ring come. Mm-hmm. And you know that means Doctor Strange is back. And I'm getting, like, really, really <laughs> pumped up. And all of a sudden, here comes Black Panther. And it took me everything. When he <laughs> says Wakanda Forever, not just screaming. Yeah! And I, it well, was so... He didn't say Wakanda Forever. Uh, someone in the audience. Yes, yeah, that was in the, the audience? Yeah, woman I thought this. that was in the movie. <laughs> middle-aged white woman that was sitting right behind me the whole time that said, like, any time a, a female character did something, go, you go, girl! <laughs> and and any time a uh, character of a certain ethnicity did something, go, Wakanda forever! Yeah. <laughs> just, just sitting behind I was like, the okay, audience, lady. The audience was really into it. <laughs> but I think you're right. Uh, Doctor Strange, you know, as we know, had the 14 million... Uh, and this was the one path. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they explained. Uh, Peter Parker said, "All of a sudden, Doctor Strange said it's been five years. We got to go help." And he knew exactly where they would be because he already seen it happen. So mm-hmm. I just assume he did his circle little thing. Yeah, and, oh. said, and the people were generally all together because uh, at least the Wakandans because they were already assembled for that fight. And then those mm-hmm. were the fifty percent that mm-hmm. were back. Now, yeah. all right, so. Speaking of Doctor Strange, okay, I need. I have another question that you know. So far, actually, I'm very impressed. Benny's been able to. Benny and, and Garrett have been able to <laughs> to answer everything. Okay, so answer me this. <laughs> so when the Avengers come up with this time travel plan, and they all they they team up and they go back to different points in time to retrieve the Infinity Stones. Um, some of them go back to the as what's called the the Battle of New York from 2012, which mm-hmm. is in the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. which was uh, I I will say from the fan service side of it yeah. from. My, I, I will, I will claim the subjective r- value right here because that's that's been my child. The Avengers have been there for my whole childhood, right? The, the first Avengers movie, I that that's like for me, that's a staple of my childhood. Oh my and God, seeing I'm them so go old. back, <laughs> the Avengers have been a staple of my adulthood. <laughs> so seeing seeing that, seeing them go back there and through all the other mm-hmm. Avengers again like that, I thought that I would be rolling my eyes at it. Um, but it was it was fun. It was a very fun nostalgia trip. Yeah, and I I just as an aside, I liked Robert Redford's character showing up in that because he was in my I think probably was my favorite MCU movie, which is Winter Soldier. And so and and he made a big deal last year when he did his movie The Old Man and the Gun. He's like, that's my last movie, mm-hmm. and then boom, here he is in this. So anyway, <laughs> that aside, during that sequence, uh, the Hulk goes and visits um, the Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton. And she's still the the keeper of the time stone. This is before Doctor Strange becomes mm-hmm. the you know Doctor Strange we all know. Mm-hmm. And um, she knows though the Hulk mentions Doctor Strange, and she knows exactly who he is because mm-hmm. she's the, the ancient one, and she sees into the future. And so, and she even says stuff like you know he's supposed to be the best of us or mm-hmm. something. I don't yeah. Know. And I so she she's very patient. <laughs> she knows everything in advance, right? And she and, and she does not want to give the Hulk the time stone because hey, it's the time stone. And you don't just give anybody that. <laughs> and then the Hulk mentions, well, you know, Doctor Strange gave it up, mm-hmm. and he did in Infinity War. And then all of a sudden, the Ancient One's like, oh, well, damn, well, if he gave it up, then so I'm, I'm going to give it to I, you. And my whole thing is like, so you mean she saw everything in I, advance except I don't Doctor think she, I don't think she saw past her death. She. I think I, that's I, a good point. I, see, I, I, I would also I knew say, you would come up with <laughs> here's, here's another one for you. Um, actually, I've got two more for you. One, potentially, um, she can see the future, right, of her timeline, her universe. They've created a new Splinter universe by appearing. So she's got a whole new future to sit down and view, right? Another alternative idea for you that could very well explain it. Um, she sees all this through the power of a time stone, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's a common sci-fi and fantasy trope that, like, in Dune, for example, um, which is kind of father of a lot of modern sci-fi, Paul, the main character, has something called prescience. He can see the future, except other people with prescience. 
you can't see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It, um, so time stone neutralized by other time stones. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she can't see what the time stones are going to be doing, or else all you need is the time stone. The, fu- the yeah, you need the time stone to see the other infinity stones, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There, those are like there's a bunch of very plausible, just kind of generic sci-fi and fantasy answers for that. I would say the most likely one, in my opinion, is might be yours actually, which is that she didn't see past her death. But I'm still going with she knew the whole future for her reality. Now we've created a splinter one. Hmm. There's a whole new future for her. But in that same sequence, so I really enjoyed the captain versus captain fight. Yeah. However, yeah. it had a very big Batman versus Superman moment where, you know, the Martha and oh, yeah. when he goes, Bucky's still alive and all of a sudden they stop fighting. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's not what... Yeah. You already think this is Loki. Well, You're not going to let him manipulate so, you? Well, I, I think that the, those were kind of using those tropes right, though, right? Where it let... Uh, so he saw that he... Then he had the Peggy thing. He's like, that's weird. It's not like he just goes, Peggy. And then he, he says, Bucky's alive. <laughs> because he remembered exactly what his reaction was. Yeah. And it was he knew it would give himself pause because he knows himself. It's not just like, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And this is where I betray. Like, earlier, I think it was I think it was in our spoiler free review. I mentioned how, you know, I've enjoyed these Rumble movies. Mm. But I've, you know, not been super hugely into them. So, that being said... Who, who was the love of Cap's life? Was it Peggy or Margaret? Peggy. Peggy. So in this movie... I when thought they were the same. When Peggy. he goes back in time, he sees uh, like an office door with... I think her name's Margaret, but it goes by Peggy. Yeah. Okay, so that is the same person. Yes. yes. That's a question I had. Because I felt like, okay, I don't know who this Margaret person is. I yeah. thought Peggy was the person who... Um, uh, I forget why that's her nickname. Well, no, I, her I, think, name. I think it's common. I think is Margaret is go by Peggy. Uh, uh, that's news to me. Just like Buffy is a short version of Elizabeth. But about Captain America... <laughs> So, at the end of the movie, they have to return the time stones to, I guess, their own time stream or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the cat, cat volunteers to do that. And um, he's supposed to come right back, but instead he... Goes back. He goes back and he just basically, after he turns the time stones, he just goes to the past and he lives out mm-hmm. a life with Peggy... Do you think that's something Captain America would do? Which is because live in the past when he knows what everything that's going to come and mm-hmm. just decides to sit on the sidelines well, and never do anything. Well, I wonder though if he is doing that knowing what's already going to happen. Yeah. What do you mean? Like that timeline is playing out. Mm-hmm. He already played out that timeline. He knows how it's going to go down. He actually, if he got involved, he'd probably ruin it. So he can sit on the sideline, live his life yeah. with Peggy, because that timeline's already played out. Yeah, like he he could. Are, are you saying? Are you saying not that he could? How can he justify sitting by when New York's being attacked? It, for example, you're saying like how can he stay and not go back into the future where he knows they need him for future conflicts? No, how can he go back to the past, live and his life, and, no, and sit on the fence? And yeah, he knows everything that's coming, which almost, I don't know, I would think would almost be worse. Like, you know... Well, you know that it's going to work out, is the thing. So and he, Captain America... And here's the thing. This is what I think the weird part of this is. There's two Captain Americas at that point. Yeah. Not for the majority of the time. Well, no, no, I'm He's saying when point. he goes back... Mm-hmm. And he's living his life. Mm-hmm. There's a Captain America fighting all those wars, mm-hmm. and then there's Steve Rogers living that other life. No, so for the majority of that time, there is a Steve Rogers trapped in ice uh, somewhere, and so yeah, there's but only. He, but then he comes back. Yeah. In, it, it, but in the grand scheme of things, he comes back and whatever. When did the was it 2011? Mm-hmm. When the Captain America: The First Avenger movie came out. Mm-hmm. So for was it seven almost seventy years? Yeah. Yeah, there isn't. There aren't really two Captain Americas. Okay, yeah, one's under ice. Yeah, yeah. one's. Under- so I mean, there is for seven for almost seventy years. There's a whole I, continuity of, a, of of history playing out that Captain knows what's happening, and some of it's really bad. Yeah, and I, he I doesn't. He just basically sits on his on his on his hands. And I don't understand why paradoxes where like if you go in the past and you found baby Hitler, would you kill baby Hitler? Yeah, he, that's Is basically that what you're asking. I don't know why. No. You're, I I honestly don't know uh, why you're kind of like hung up on this idea because what we're saying is like it, he knows for a fact that without another Captain America coming in, mm-hmm. everything up until the point that he went back in time is going to work out. He does not know if there was another Captain America in the mix that the same thing would happen, right? Very well, well he could what, screw up any of the when things When you that say happen. it's going to work out, what do you mean by that? The good guys are going to win, up, and uh, Thanos will be stopped. 
uh, and everything that happened before that, anything he could affect. He could stop the Vietnam War. Yeah, stop the Vietnam War. Uh, Kennedy assassination. But then would it be yeah, the that, same? That, that, yeah. Like, that would this is where your butterfly effect is still yeah. in effect, right? Be- um, because now it's not like messing with a bunch of alternate timelines. This is the this is the world now. He's just in the past. But I will go with Matt here. That does actually feel kind of out of character for Captain America because he's very much a I'm going to do something. I and, and, and what would be wrong with him doing something? Because you we, we've just gotten done explaining to us about how time travel works <laughs> in this way that they're doing it. And so, for example. Um, in this movie, the Nebula and the Thanos from the past mm-hmm. die. So, yes. it, but it does not alter the future. Um, so, yeah, it was a in the, it, it, if Captain America goes back in the past, what what is to stop him from from altering things? I mean, he could. It would just, it would just if he wanted to see his friends again. Like if he's altering things, it's going to create a splinter universe, right? You'd still probably see them, and this would be slightly different. Yeah, I, I mean, but I, I, I do kind of because I see what you're saying. I'm sure he forced understand. Peggy to retire. Like she, he's like, you can't be here anymore. If you're here, we're gonna mess stuff up. So, do he, you think that it messes up her? I mean, because in the prior, and movies, it has to mess something up. In right? the prior movies, mm-hmm. we've learned that Peggy has a family. She she married a dude. And well, she no, so here's here's my question with all that. What if all that family was like Steve Rogers and he made out with his daughter and <laughs> Well, I guess I just wonder: does it take away the agency of the Peggy Carter character? Is Peggy Carter's last name right? Yeah. Because well, I mean, she's because she's be choosing to do that. I mean, it doesn't yeah. take away her agency. But she, that's like she, saying she, that any stay at home mom has had she, an agency. No, she had home. another life though. And now he decides it's real important to go back and and basically he nah. takes he takes away the life that she no, did have because every fa- stay at home father or mother or everyone that takes one job or doesn't had a potential whole other life. It's he he most likely I would assume was like, hey, you have the option to stay with me and retire yeah. or keep your career. Well, but, 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 but 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 that is exactly what we were just talking about a minute ago. He he is going back then and changing the past. Yeah. More than likely, he went to the past and completely eliminated at least one daughter that we know mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Now, I hope that's the case. Otherwise, that kiss is incredibly weird. Yeah. Yeah. So like when no, he goes actually, to Peggy, when I'm thinking, we see Peggy's funeral in one of these movies, where, right? Well, see yeah, her, yeah, he goes and visits her in the hospital. But yeah, there's she, no, there's, there's funeral. There's he's holding, funeral, he's carrying yeah. the casket. Oh, that's when he meets her. This is actually, by the way, you're right, and and I, you're right about something. The, we're now, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, you, something baby. major here that I missed. <laughs> we're right about. We're not in there in the same. We're in his universe now. We're in his Splinter universe. Everyone else's. Like whatever the original one was is gone. It, like it's it's somewhere else. The o- the only character here for this to make sense is we're in Captain America's version of the universe. And I guess what you're saying here is Peggy's life that we know she lived out is still going on in a different timeline. Yes. Okay. So so this everything we're gonna see in the future Marvel movies is in the timeline of the time when Steve Rogers chose to stay back. Right, so so you're saying that we were in what had been the regular timeline that we were all used to until <laughs> old Steve Rogers showed yeah. up, and and no, no, and until he decided to stay, right? So then, and it's such a minimal change that like the real difference between our universe and theirs is basically nothing, right? But we're in his universe for the for the time travel rules that they set to be consistent. Mm-hmm. We're in his universe. I think, now. and I really think is more just a plot thing. This is their super happy ending after the Iron Man death. Like yeah. they got to give some sort of satisfying happy ending, and we've really gotten off track here. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no. Uh, it's, I, a, it's, at least a, it's, it's a part of the movie. It's uh, a big yeah. part of the movie. Actually, yeah. this is a really fun discussion. I hope this doesn't end. This is the longest podcast. <laughs> we'll do two-hour podcast, three hours, make it as long as the movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I don't know if we've mentioned in the spoiler version, did not feel like three hours at it all. Didn't, no, the the start. Was a little slow, not in a bad way. The only thing that I thought was bad was I have I have three things here that I said are the flimsy plot plot elements. We've already discussed two, which is the rat <laughs> and time travel's inherent flimsiness. Right. Um, the other thing that I, I it's a convenience, not a, a plot hole. It's a plot convenience, which is Nebula's link, just kind of like. Oh, there's another Nebula with the same-ish software somewhere. We can tap into her brain and see all of her thoughts, and that that is a very 
plot convenient thing. Also, it zaps yeah. the other nebula just at the right time. And it's... Yeah, it, it's it, it didn't play out well. I really thought when Nebula kills herself, she would also die. Why? Because she killed her past self, which means now her future self doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But again, though, different then, universe. Then, 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 yeah, because that has to be the explanation. It's a past it's, self from a different universe. And this is why I don't like it, but that would also mean <laughs> that an Infinity War never would have happened because they killed... Thanos from the past. Even though he'd yeah. come into the future, it was still past. Th- yeah. In his timeline. So they were past. from an alternate universe. A, a universe in which all the time stones were taken. Speaking of with, something I found unsatisfying mm. was Thanos' Thanos's ultimate demise. So at the end... I was when, hoping he would survive and know his own failure. Which he did for a few seconds. Yeah. But, yeah, so Iron Man snaps... By the way, let me, let me talk about this for a minute. So... <laughs> They, they they have this gauntlet that Iron Man builds, and mm-hmm. so they go back in the past, or alternate timelines, or whatever, they all get these Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. they go into this gauntlet that Iron Man has made, and mm-hmm. then the Hulk wears it, snaps his fingers, that brings all the dead people back, or the dusted people back. Yeah. And then, a uh, big battle ensues, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and then in order for everyone, all the dark forces and Thanos to be defeated, then Tony Stark has to... Snap his fingers with all the Infinity Stones. So he somehow in a real quick second, I don't know. I, and I did like this part, but Doctor Strange gives Tony Stark a look that pretty much says, "You know what you have to do." And well, and then and, and, and then Iron Man, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he somehow in a, in, a, in, a weird, in a weird thing of events, he's gotten all the Infinity Stones and he puts them on his Iron Man thing and and and, and his and his his glove. And then that becomes an Infinity Gauntlet, and then he snaps his fingers, and that kills Thanos' army. So, I guess, my whole thing is, like, then why did Tony Stark build another gauntlet? Because he wasn't originally going to be the one doing the snap. Well, they didn't know who was going to do the snap. That's, yeah. The the idea, I would assume, coming from 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 a genius would be one of the people who's probably not going to die when they snap their fingers will be the one snapping here. He right. thought correctly that he could not be the one doing it. Yeah, and then he was proven right when he has nanobots, right, that just... And that's kind of a stupid thing on his own. But then but. why would he create it on his suit? What do you mean? He, he created one for his suit. No, he didn't. He has nanobots. He made it at that moment. Oh. Yeah, which is a plot contrivance, but... Well, it's one of those sci-fi... But can we, can we also talk about what happened to Gamora? I'm assuming... So Quill's doing this as a, a literal searching for her at the end because that's what off. the screen says at the end. I, actually, I think she was dusted because, and again, this kind of goes back to that's for the last point. year. I've actually wondered exactly what the dynamics of the Infinity Gauntlet were because I wondered when it was forged for Thanos. Was it forged at that time with an intent built into it that? You know, with this gauntlet, with all the stones, it just would then delete all life in the universe, but or half the life in the universe. No. But now, after watching this movie and seeing other Infinity Gauntlets and seeing how the Hulk <laughs> uses it, now I'm thinking the Infinity Gauntlet does whatever the person snapping their fingers has in their head that yes. they want it to do. Yeah. So, like, the Hulk, when he snapped his fingers with it, he wanted half those, half, those dusted people to come back. And with Tony Stark, when he had his impromptu Infinity Gauntlet, I'm assuming he wanted to dust... Thanos and his army, and at the time, when I, I guess Gamora, I'm, I'm, it's not, it's not spelled out here, so I'm guessing, but I think Gamora was still technically part of Thanos's. She arrived in any way in that time sphere really, as part of his. It really army. depends. On, like you could have a whole philosophical debate about whether she was a, a bad guy or a good guy. Does his does his perception matter the most here, or is he like asking the universe an inherent question, make the bad guys go away? You know, like I don't know. I don't think she got dusted. So I actually really like what they did with Gamora because it was going down a, a very like clean path with her and Quill. Mm-hmm. And then they kill her, which I thought she would be gone forever. But then they bring her back because of the way that Nebula brings back all of Thanos' armies in mm-hmm. this timeline. Yeah. So there she is. So what I really like about them bringing back Gamora is... All of a sudden, the relationship, she didn't even remember Quill. Yeah. So she was what, disgusted that he was the one she fell in love exactly. with. Exactly. So what I'm thinking here is, all of a sudden, New Gamora is forced into a new timeline where she is told, that's the man you're falling in love with. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if someone just told you that? You would reject <laughs> well, it immediately. So woman? she took off. <laughs> she, she, like, she's like, no, you can't yeah, tell me I, my I choices. And I think she just, she bolted. 
Interesting. I, that was my original interpretation. Um, I, I think yours is interesting. And I think it'll make the next Guardians movie better. Yes. Well, James Gunn already had said that he wanted the third Guardians movie to be Gamora's movie. And if he knew roughly that this is what was going to happen, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. And so, we get to see them fall in love again. Uh, yeah, maybe. So I do uh, I do find it interesting that... And, in, in, and actually, it sounds, it sounds kind of weird to say this, but I'm happy that they kept the Gamora in our timeline dead mm-hmm. and Loki dead. Mm-hmm. I thought actually Loki had a really good death in Infinity War. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they, they both stayed dead. Now that does beg the question then, uh, since Black Widow died in the same manner as Gamora in, in, in this movie, um, is she, she now... She, yeah, she's dead. And I thought I saw that she has a movie. Black Widow has a standalone movie coming. I think it's an origin story. So they're going to do a solo for her, basically? Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm just going to throw out there, the fact that stupid Captain Marvel got a, a first female lead in the Marvel Universe before Black Widow is a freaking crime against her. <laughs> <laughs> she paid her dues. She owned half the movies she was in. Everyone loved her. I, 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 I think that Scarlett Johansson deserved the first Marvel female lead. But well, I, I thought Captain Marvel was great, but Captain Marvel in this movie, I think, was just way too convenient. Mm-hmm. Like, she was only there specifically for convenience, and and her powers, while vastly beyond everyone else's, was limited to what she was convenient for at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked, we before, talked about before we recorded. Yeah, Captain Marvel was kicking ass with the spaceships. I mean, she completely obliterated Thanos' spaceship. But you know what? We saw her do that at the end of you know maybe her. her sp- Superpowers, specifically spaceship busting. Yes. (laughs) But when she goes one-on-one with Thanos, I was... It wasn't all that impressive. I mean, there was a one moment where he, like, tried to hit her and she stood still or whatever. But other than that, she... If she could tear up a spaceship... You'd think she could tear him up? Yeah. But no, that wasn't the case. And I felt, again, plot contrivance because Mm. the plot required Iron Man to be the hero. Mm. So Captain Marvel had to somehow not just rip Thanos apart. Yeah. Which... Well, now I'm going to say this on record, the same thing I said before, so uh, send your hate mail to Matt. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel, like Superman, is a stupid character. I like it's not, It has nothing to do with the movie. I thought the movie was fine. Um, a character that is unstoppable and all-powerful is stupid. It's boring, and it, they have to be constantly... Their power level has to constantly fluctuate in every story they're in to make there any, be any semblance of a story, uh, any, any kind of conflict. It's, so, yeah, she, she can destroy his whole army without effort, but if she beat him like that, then the movie would be stupid. <laughs> so they just all of a sudden have to make her significantly weaker than she clearly was 30 seconds ago, because she's like Superman. She's a dumb yeah. character. But it makes you wonder, like, was Captain Marvel even needed if Tony was going to get those things and do the snap? Nope. Uh, you know, he was going to snap out that spaceship anyway. Yeah, I guess you could argue that he wouldn't have the timing wouldn't have been right for him to get the Infinity yeah. Stones or whatever. And she really was needed to. They had to. She did stop the, him from snapping. Yeah, and they had to carry the gauntlet. Which okay, so there's a scene <laughs> where all the female superheroes band together to get the the Stark made gauntlet to Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Or they're trying to get it to them. Yes, and. It's a big moment, and it gave me chills when all the female characters, you know, band together and they they do their girl power thing. Um, But ultimately, I thought it was kind of quaint because, really, Captain Marvel just plowed through the bad guys and and did it herself. Yeah, and I mean, but don't worry, Michonne stabbed that one. Yeah, (laughs) and and so to me, it sort of took away from that moment because, yeah, again, Captain Marvel doesn't really need any help, you know, Um, so. Yeah, and I will say on the girl power thing, I actually thought that scene, it was kind of funny because the, I thought there was a very mature version of like girl power in the, re, in the rest of that action scene, right? Mm-hmm. The women are just there with the men mm-hmm. just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch just beats Thanos on her own. Oh, yeah. The rest of the women hold their own with the rest of the men the whole time. And then they felt like they needed this little girl power scene. I just thought it was kind of contrived. I thought it was, like, de- uh, condescending, if anything, in my opinion. I gotta say, there's a few moments that I, 
you know, one to stand up and cheer and clap, and I did clap a couple of times. This was one of them. Yeah. I really, really, really liked that part, mm-hmm. uh, and and I know it was placed in there specifically for to get people <laughs> like us to talk about it like that. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, and like I said, it gave me chills at that moment, but I thought it was quickly reduced again because Captain Marvel is a Superman type character who really doesn't need help. Yeah, th- that we've seen realistically, so far. she should have won that whole war. On her own, based on what we've seen in yeah. some other scenes with her. And, and I'll, be, I'll be real with you, like, you know, the Scarlet Witch versus Thanos thing was much more of a kick-ass uh, against Thanos than Captain Marvel versus Thanos. Well, Scarlet Witch is, in the comics, stronger than Captain Marvel. She's just situational. It's a lot about, like, her passion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was very angry. Uh, no, I... I thought, like, before she lost to him specifically because, like, remember Infinity War? He's got the whole Infinity Gauntlet, and he's pushing against one arm when the other one, she's doing a whole other thing, Mm -hmm. and he barely gets to her. And then this time, she's just pissed, and he doesn't have the (laughs) Infinity Gauntlet, and she kicks his ass. I liked it, actually. And I will say, too, you know, I have been disappointed in... So... I don't know. I, I think I mentioned, I forget whether it was this one or the spoiler-free one we did, but but Thor, when I read comic books back in the day, Thor was like my favorite. Mm. And he's a you know, he's the god of thunder, but the operative word there being god. He's a god. Mm. Um, little G. Little G, god. <laughs> um, but he, I don't know, I, he doesn't seem all that impressive when he fights. I mean, his eyes glow well, and, the, and the lightning crackles, but... Um, I don't know. Thanos, I mean, he was not a, in fact, he almost got killed by Thanos in this movie. I think um, the reason that you got that impression is that he didn't have a moment where he was killing a bunch of weak people in this. All his fights in this movie were fighting Thanos. That that was all of it. Where, but, like, in, but, in the last I, movie, he had a moment where he struck down thousands of enemies. Yeah, but as a god, I mean, as a god, though, shouldn't Thanos, uh, shouldn't Thanos be no match for him? Thanos is a titan. Like if, yeah. you, if you want to get into lore, Titans are stronger than gods. Yeah. Thanos is a Titan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. if you go back to... Well, Titans were Greek and, you know, Thor is German, but uh, it's... The Titans created the gods. Hmm. The gods are the children of the Titans, and they're specifically much weaker. They needed many allies in the mythology to beat hmm. the Titans. Like, one Titan will beat one god. No question. And can we also... I just I got, another moment I got chills was when Steve Rogers was wielding the yeah. Thor's hammer. That, 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 that was, was awesome. another cheering moment where <laughs> yeah, that was great. Is it it's a validation for a lot of people that were like, oh, he definitely could have lifted that hammer at that dinner party in Age of Ultron. Um, it was great. I I thought the crowd really loved that. Um, I loved the way that he used his shield and hammer together as weapons. I thought there was a lot of creativity in the set piece there, um, uh, which we didn't talk about, but the hammer came back because Thor went and visited Asgard and took Son it back with him. Completely stole the hammer from whatever that time yeah, was. Yeah, yeah that's where he all of a sudden lost his hammer. That's <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I, the things I had here, other than that, I mean, special effects I thought were flawless, pretty much. There was no point where I was like, well, that looked bad. That I can remember, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the score was... It, there's no, I don't think there's anything in here that's like uh, Imperial March, right? There, there's <laughs> something that's going to be uh, in your head forever or iconic, other than the Avengers There was that a, already a existed. Valkyrie thing that when she was attacking the ship, that mm-hmm. was very on beat, and that, that really got me going. Oh, I, I think it was great, the score. I think it was perfect for the movie, but I just, I don't think there's much that didn't already exist, like the Avengers theme that was there that you're going to go like, oh, yeah, I, I recognize that, you know. Um, but I thought it was perfect for the movie, pretty much. Special effects were pretty much perfect. The characters were pretty much perfect, completely consistent with what they should have been. Um, like I said, the plot was had a couple of flimsy elements, but a lot more solid than I thought it would be, especially when they were like, oh, yeah, we're doing time travel adventure. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be rough. But they did a good job with it. Yeah. Oh. Did did we want to talk about the funeral? Uh and people we saw at the funeral? Yeah, sure. So there was one person at the funeral that we all kind of didn't know who they were. In fact, some random guy in the, the lobby asked us who that guy yes. was and we didn't know. I have answers though. Oh, do you? Who is it? Yes. The young man is the character Harley Keener. 
played by Ty Simpkins, who was the little boy in Iron Man 3. Oh, um, I heard he was coming back. Uh, okay. I, I've seen Iron Man 3, and I still don't know who that is. So, <laughs> the little boy that helps him in the garage. Yeah, Iron Man 3... I've slept since then. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Iron Man 3 is directed by Shane Black, who is... I think we've all had a friend who thinks that they're the funniest person in the world, and their humor is saying horribly inappropriate things. And one out of every thousand times they do it, it actually is really hilarious, right? That's Shane Black as a director. Um, wow. And did he, he do like the Predator movie? He last did, year? and it was horrible. But he did have one line, and uh, and I'm gonna clean up the language. He had one line in, in <laughs> Iron Man three that I've never forgotten. I it cracks me up. I think that it, it was great. The only highlight of Iron Man three, which was the kid tells him basically that he doesn't have a dad. His dad left, and Iron Man goes. Eh, crap happens, dads leave, no need to be a wimp about it. <laughs> and, I do remember that. And, and the kid's just like, you're Iron Man, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I love that. It's so funny. Um, and that's, that's, that's really all I've got to say about that whole movie. But um, the kid's back. And that, I, was, I, I was thinking he was like Stanley's grandson or Kevin Feige's son or something like that. But... Apparently, that's who he was. Um, and Nick Fury was at the funeral, which is, mm. I think, the only time you see Nick Fury yeah, in this no, movie. No spoken words. And he, he looks... I don't know if he's supposed to look sad, but he looks pissed. Doesn't <laughs> he always have Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. He's Ooh. like, Tony Stark's dead, motherfucker. Stanley Stan did have a cameo, by the way, which I, I was not sure if he would. Just, I didn't know. But he did have his cameo, which was in, when they went back to the army base. He drove mm. by and... Yelled something about make love, not war. Did, uh, was that, um, you know, did they Tupac hologram that, or was that, uh... That was him. That was real. Okay, what was that taken from? No, it was him. He filmed filmed it before he died. Oh, I didn't, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he filmed it before he died. He filmed, uh, Stan Lee filmed several cameos all together. Oh, okay. uh, In batches. So, um... Because the man was, like, in his 90s. You never knew. They didn't get him out first. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, but I I thought it was great to see. I'm sure this will be his last real cameo, though I'm sure they'll find some way to shout him out in every movie. Um, But What is the next Marvel movie, anyway? Isn't it Spider-Man? Oh, that's right. And so five years has gone by. Half the world's population was gone. Now it's back. And Spider-Man's going on his European vacation. (laughs) Apparently. Half his friends are five years older than him now. Life goes on, man. What can I say? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think we'll see uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in that movie? Uh, mate? Well, no. They're, are they just in London? No, I think they go all over. I, I think that, yeah. I don't oh, know, but... you know, maybe. Uh, there, are, you know, there are a few movies that came out in early 2000s. So the Twin Towers in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that uh, it's one of those things where the, the my only real problem with the movies that are coming out next is I wish they didn't announce them before this movie um, because I think it would have added a lot of tension for a lot of people well, if they did it. and that Spider-Man trailer really kind of, you know, I'm watching it and I go, you know, here's this big reunion scene, there's Pepper, there's Happy, yeah. no Tony. Yeah. Okay, I think yeah. I know why. Yeah, I think I, I think I can reason this one out. <laughs> well, even some eagle-eyed viewers of the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, like who I think obviously stopped and framed it, Shop, there's like a check in there, and the check was from Stark Industries, signed by Pepper Potts. Oh, really? So, well, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I wish, um, I completely understand why they didn't. Just this is one of those things where the business is winning over the art, which of course, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I really wish that they didn't announce. They were like, we have a movie here. We have a movie here. We'll reveal them after. Yeah. <laughs> well, I read that. Um, so, it, so Marvel has this weird relationship with Sony, because Sony mm-hmm. up until now has had like I think exclusive rights to Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah, X-Men. and X-Men, and th- I thought that it's when like the first Spider-Man Homecoming came out, I thought that Marvel was completely in control, nope. but apparently it's still Sony, but Sony and Marvel now. And anyway, what I read was Sony's the one that put out that trailer. Really, Marvel was not happy about it afterward. They were like, you know, you know, you could have waited. They would have preferred they waited until maybe after Endgame came out. But really, Sony's, See, Sony's always been horrible. <laughs> well, when does it come out? July. 
July. Yeah. And so, you know, you'd put the trailer out in, I mean, the earliest April, but, you know, more than likely, you would still need to let the hype die down. Mm-hmm. Do you want it to come out in May, June? Like, I, th- I mean, I mean, let me let me throw you. You got it. You got to I your movie at some point. <laughs> let, let me throw you a concept that I think completely would have worked. Is very simple. We have a movie coming out at the end of this one. Oh, you know how there's no post credit scene um, at this, which I actually kind of liked that there wasn't one because like this is the end. Wait, wait, of, hammer that home. There is there no is no <laughs> post credit scene. Uh, uh, instead, they could have made a compromise with Sony and been like, we'll make a long one-minute post-credit scene that's a straight-up ad for your mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie. All right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it would be way better than whatever stupid cut reel you're going to make. Yeah. Uh, I think that there were ways they could have negotiated it. But Sony, knowing that Sony was part of it, they suck. So Yeah. <laughs> Although, I have Kevin Feige, who's, you know, in control of the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, apparently has said that Spider-Man Power From Home is the... Last part of phase three, not okay. not in game. Okay. Really? So, I don't know what that really means. Me but neither. <laughs> maybe it means the last one. He, maybe he's leaving after that. I don't know. No, if I he th- is, I would be very <laughs> sad. I think he was meaning it's the conclusion to phase three, not in game. Which I don't know how you conclude. And that's probably something to try to get us to go watch it. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this though. Um, my concern, and I don't know why I'm concerned, because sounding like I'm concerned for the business prospects of a multi-billion dollar company but um i don't know how you top this and i think they kind of have to start from scratch right yeah i guess but that's why i kind of wish more characters died to be honest i mean you know i guess i just i don't know like you know for example ant-man and the wasp which came out was it last summer Mm -hmm. that did respectable box office but certainly not not in Black Panther or Infinity War League. And I just don't know. I'm, I'm wondering now from now on, at least for a while, if that's how some of these movies think, are going to do. I think what you're going to see is roughly like it's comics, like that. I think there's going to be tons and tons of movies that come out, and mm-hmm. most of them are going to do, well, they'll make a good profit. And then when the events happen is when the crowds are going to come. I think that's what you're going to see. And, and they still have Black Panther and Guardians, which will be major draws. That's true. Um, and I mean, as much as, uh, it, like, as much, whatever Captain Marvel, Malign, that, that was a word salad. However <laughs> Malign Captain Marvel has been, like, in some media, it was a box office hit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, her next movie is probably going to draw a big crowd. Um, they've got those people, but I, I do think that when, when they sell me, like, hey, we've got some new character that you've never heard of at this point... I've watched, what, 23 of your movies? Um, and I'm going to keep watching them, but I don't think I'm going to be like, I can't wait to see um, Hawks. Uh, when am I getting that Gambit movie, man? Yeah, yeah. When, when am I going to get the Mysteria solo? You know, it's just not, I, I'm not going to feel that, I don't think. No, but they, hey. they could go the X-Men route and then like just go like way back in time and, you know, retcon all this because now that they own X-Men, they can bring... Wolverine was an Avenger. That, true. He was one of my favorite Avengers, so... Yeah, no, they, they could completely wipe the slate clean. Uh, and you know what? I think people will be mad until they saw the first movie. Do you think they will do another... <laughs> do you think they'll be an Avengers 5? I don't know I if hope. they'll uh, call it that, but there will definitely be something assembled. I think that they'll, they'll, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be like comic events. They'll call it something else. Right, it won't be Avengers Four. It will be Revengers. No, it, it will be like um, Avengers Cataclysm One. They could Avengers, do a, you know, they could do a Secret Wars. No, there's all kinds of them yeah. they could do. They already did Civil War, I guess, but they could do a better version of that. Like I liked the movie, but the comic Civil War is awesome, mm-hmm. and the movie was a really good Marvel movie, but not awesome in the same way as the comic. Yeah, was. I, 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 just try not to compare oh, different, yeah, yeah. different art forms. They're just I not agree. comparable. I'm just saying, like, if they're going to take the storyline, mm-hmm. they could do something much better uh, I would and like more dramatic. See, I would like to see a Secret Wars. That would be cool. And I, one of my favorite characters from the comics that I don't think we've seen in the MCU yet is Galactus. Um, oh, yeah. And Silver Surfer. Him. Yeah. Which it would be good. I, Silver Surfer was another of my favorite comics, and I have not done him decently at all yet, so that would be, yeah. That, well, they just have, they have so much ground to tread, and some of it, maybe I'll see the first ever good Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all Keep kinds trying. of... Like, uh, Eight times a charm. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, they've got... I, I don't... We could sit here all day trying to project what their plan is. Um, I think their most likely plan is the first one I threw out there, which is we'll just keep pumping out movies <laughs> and uh, and just kind of try to roll with it and then do events and whatever. But uh, I, I don't think we can predict them. They've consistently surprised me through the entire run of Marvel, which for something so corporate and formulaic is impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we've... <laughs> talk this movie out. Do we want to go over our scores again? Sure. Yep. So, uh, Ashley? I think I gave it an 8. Yeah. <laughs> I was a 7. Benny? 10. And uh, Garrett? 9. So our score is an 8.5. 96% of the tomato meter. I'm sure you'll see it regardless of what you... In fact, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you probably already saw it. I hope so. All right. Thank so you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.